All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Overcome Become podcast. Happy Monday. With me, as always, is Humberto Kaufman. And we hope on today's episode you find yourself some motivation to start the week off right. Humberto, how are you today, sir? I'm well, man. Thank you. How, how about yourself? You're uh, 16 weeks out from the show that you're doing this year. How are you feeling? Man, honestly, I feel really good. I feel really calm. My mindset's never been better. Soon determined. If you really want to know, I think, I think after doing that first show last year in comparison to now, I have no pressure, if that makes sense. Like the pressure that I have is healthy pressure. So being in prep for this show right now, it's good because the motivation is there. Every training session is like training towards wanting to win the class, obviously, like anybody else. But the stress of, oh, do I look good? Do I not look good? I'm not even overthinking that part. At this point, it's just trusting the process. So literally no stress, just enjoying it and seeing what happens. And you're uh, at a better starting point than last time, uh, you know, for 16 weeks out. Uh, this second time around, I think you're a little bit more. The, the, the emphasis is less on getting leaner, more on just getting better, right? So that's, that's one thing that is an advantage of having a good productive off season and not really allowing body fat percentage to get too high because if you do, then when it comes down to prep, that, that becomes the priority, the majority, if not the entire prep, as opposed to just, you know, adjusting things slightly to just continue moving forward and increase, whether it's a body part that is lagging, whether it's the overall balance, whether it's, you know, you're, you're better prepared to not be stressed about, other factors and you're more focused on improving the overall physique as opposed to just the body fat percentage. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think one of the, I think one of the best parts about this year is what are we, we're eight weeks into, I mean, we've been working together for eight weeks again. However, we just added cardio. Was it two weeks ago? About two weeks ago. Yeah. Out of the cardio, but it's crazy to think that like, we haven't had to change any of the calories, for example. And, the improvements are still there like i feel good my appetite's through the roof and it's like fuck this was the complete opposite last year at this point already right so it's a nice confidence booster as a whole but uh it's one of the things that i like uh, one of the things that i like to tell my clients is that no matter which stage you are i think training is going to be one of the most important aspects whether whether it's the intensity that you train at the focus or just the efficiency and the, uh, the other aspects of training, because when you improve that factor alone, keeping everything else constant, even like whether, whether it's the cardio, whether it's the calories, whether it's the supplementation, that improvement in the aspect of training that alone can make your physique change that much more without having to adjust anything else. Um, and that's when recomposition potentially could start happening, which is kind of what happened, what's happening with you right now. The, the way this is, is the way this is really changing as much, but the look and the overall quality of your physique is improving without necessarily having to change that much, but the training intensity, the focus and the adjustments that we need, that we know we need to make in order to bring up whatever we, we, we want to bring up from the previous show. Right. I just taught myself, I need quads the size of Kim's. Every time it's like day, that's what I keep telling us. No, all jokes aside, though. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. Um, if I were to compare the intensity from the way I train now to how I used to train before, like it's a night and day situation, right? Um, and I think part of that is due to you know having time as a limited factor. It forces you to work harder, work more efficiently, put real focus on the eccentric every time, and just really push yourself to a deeper place that you didn't really know was there. At least for me anyway, I can only speak for myself, but that's the experience that I've had. And I found that this is what's helping me not only to get stronger, but progress faster this year anyway. Yeah. And, and the concept of intensity and your maximum ability to elicit growth every year should be uh, reviewed. Um, it's, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to achieve that maximum human potential that you have when it comes to pushing yourself the first or even second year. It's something that is constantly progressing, constantly changing, um, because once you get to that current maximum, in order for you to get past that point, the next prep, you know, this is what I have to surpass. Uh, whether it, it, I'm talking about the intensity of your training, because, you know, you're 
let's say level of discomfort that you're able to attain one year, maybe attend that year. And the next year, as you change your mindset or your approach of how you think about it, maybe the next year might, might be an eight, what you what previously was a 10, right? So it's it takes a while. It's, it's a cons uh, consistent evolution that needs to take place. But you what matters is that you make a point of surpassing that previous best every single session, every single year, every single prep. Because if you maintain that level throughout different preps, the potential progress is going to be at best minimal. I think I think the one of the biggest factors is just being able to log the, the progress as well, whether it's strength going up, your volume, whatever it might be, just logging it because that's how you know, right? And this is something that I never used to do. This year I just started incorporating it after you gave me the advice to do so. And now after seeing it, and I will give credit where it's due, you know, uh, from yourself, but also seeing people like even Aaron, Aaron constantly on his stories is like adding two and a half pounds or five pound plates or whatever. It does make a significant difference, whether it's mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, that progressive overload every single week, like it really, really helps. Yeah, it's good to uh, keep that log, but use it as a tool, right? Because you, there's always the risk of getting a little bit too carried away with those numbers. Uh, the numbers show only be, as I mentioned, a tool, something that you kind of refer back because for example, if you're it is, at a specific day, you're not feeling 100%, you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm not really feeling this session. This allows you to remember what you were able to do the previous session. And it doesn't, it's a little bit harder for you to almost like slack or stick around the same numbers or level of intensity if you have your benchmark from the previous session. So now you're able to assess, oh, so I was able to do this, I'm going to, at the very least, match it, if not surpass it, right? But I think uh, there's also, again, the risk that you can become potentially too obsessed with the numbers where you just focused on going heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. And along the, the way, that connection with the muscle or the efficiency by which you're moving that weight could potentially diminish if you don't keep in mind and assess also internally. Because the weight is going to be the external factor internally is how well you're connecting, how much you're able to, how many, how, how many fibers or how much of this muscle group you're able to recruit when you're performing the movement, right? So it's always a balance between both. Use the logbook, logbook as long as it's a tool that is uh, going to benefit you or it's going to serve you. If it starts to get a little bit too focused on the weights, then potentially you should take a step back and be like, am I feeling it as much as I did before or as well as I can? If the answer is no, then adjust it accordingly, whether it's decreasing the weight a little bit or whatever the case may be, um, in order for you to get the most out of every single training session. Makes sense. Thank you for that, by the way. I'm sure that'll come definitely in handy for people who are listening as well. I find often a lot of people take things very literal and it can be counterproductive. And this is a very great example of how to use a tool, but at the same time, don't let it consume you completely, which could hinder you, right? I do have a question. Are you curious, Byron? Are you curious? Or I'm not fucking curious, asshole. If anyone knows Holly, the front desk girl at Atalo, she's a fucking bully. Fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, the question is, what is your why and is it good enough? And I think this is an important question because oftentimes, whether it's in life, personal life, work, fitness, whatever the goal might be, sometimes that why is shallow. And it's okay to be shallow if that's just naturally who you are, right? Own what you are. But is the reasoning good enough to actually pursue something and give it 100%? What's your opinion? Yeah, it's... I guess it depends on what is the expectation and, and what really is the goal if you're entering the bodybuilding world. If your goal is to just step on stage to be able to say that you did it, then your why doesn't necessarily have to be as deep as it, it, it will be required if your goal is to go higher and higher every single time in the amateur and pro ranks, right? What I mean by this is, it needs to be deep enough and, and substantial enough for it to allow you to keep pushing forward despite of the difficulties that these that this sport requ uh, presents in front of you when it comes to a prep. So if you're doing it, and, and again, this is my opinion and for, from personal experience and from experience with working with multiple clients, but if your goal or your, your 
why or your underlying reason for getting into this is to prove someone wrong or you know you broke up with your partner and you're trying to just get in shape and you're using that as a tool to get in better shape and be and look the best you've ever looked and somehow that way get back to them and you know have them think that you know what they lost whatever right in my opinion those are not as strong reasons to do this sport because this is one of the hardest things that you'll ever potentially will have to do and in order for you to be able to surpass the obstacles that will present your way you need to have a deep enough why in my opinion when it's done for something other than yourself whether it's the opinion or perception of others whether it is you're doing it again to prove someone wrong or just to show someone i don't think it's it's strong enough as opposed to doing it because you're really constantly seeking to discover what is the best version of yourself as a man or as a woman and this is likely going to involve um, a psychological transformation uh, a constant breakthrough of limitations and pressure and stress and being able to manage them and handle them which is right now especially one of the hardest things with a lot of people prepping for a show the uncertainty the stress uh, from what's happening in the world with you know everything related relating to the pandemic and whatnot so those things these are skills that you develop you know through through a number of years and attempts to act when you face them again you're always whether it's the uncertainty or whether it's the stress or whether it's the hunger irritability whatever these obstacles are you become a little bit more uh, aware of them and you're better prepared to deal with them every single time you face able to uh, get past them and that, that's fair but I'm gonna, I want to challenge your 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 thought on one thing you mentioned that for example like if you broke up with a partner and then you want to get in shape for example and then let's say take out the part where it's like out of spite to get back at them or something right but what if it was the catalyst what if you broke up with somebody and that was the catalyst that pushed you into the sport to make the lifestyle change and then from there you started competing would that then be a negative why? Or is that the positive why that got you from point A to point B and point B being the lifestyle now going into competitive, which is point C, for example. And now your why has changed. It shifted. But again, but it was the original. Right. Why. Right. So, but, it, but it, it got you into the sport, but it is, in my opinion, unlikely to make you succeed in the future. So it's a positive in the aspect of it propelled you and it pointed you in the right direction. Like for me, uh, I'll use myself as an example. I was very skinny, um, 125 pounds at uh, 17 years old, and you know, five. I like to think I was five nine, but apparently, I'm shorter than that. Um, so I was. <laughs> thanks for laughing. Uh, I was. Uh, I was. You know, bullied like everyone else in Mexico, and you know, the the stronger guys will pick on the smaller guys or whatever. So I kind of got into it because I wanted to just be big. I wanted to be a freak at a time. I wanted to be stronger and be able to defend myself and use this strength for, you know, self-confidence and be able to not get bullied again or whatever. Right. So that's what kind of like got me into it. But then along the way, I realized that bodybuilding and even, even if you don't compete, but this process and this lifestyle require it, it was a lot more than just lifting weights and just trying to get stronger. It, it, it required a psychological and mindset transformation. It was harder than people think it is. And at that point, I had to make the decision of whether I wanted to continue with it or I wanted to just, you know, I got, I got stronger, I got bigger. So I got from it what I wanted. And I could just exit it or transition to someone else. I fell in love with it. So I continued going forward. And along this journey of uh, now 16 years. 12, 13, 14 years, it's been, I guess I, I start, well, I started lifting when it was 2004. So that would be about 17 years now, right? Competing a little bit less than that. But the point is along these years and transformation, I started to revisit my why and started to evolve and strengthen from something that was a little bit more superficial towards a little bit more of a deeper meaning that I was trying to go for when it came to doing this. That's 
Yeah, no, all that actually makes sense. I never took you for one to be bullied, though. Everyone yeah. got bullied in Mexico, and we were fine with it. It was it's just the, the way it was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you today was your day. They're gonna bullied. pick on you. The next, the next day, they're gonna pick on someone else, right? That's that's just how it was. I I I, I find that in, in a lot of these like developing countries, bullying is like it's just seen a little bit differently. Of course, there are limits. I mean, when. Uh, mind you, bullying back then was was purely physical, right? They would just they would just like push you, or they would like you know hit you in the nuts, or I don't know something like they would put gum on your hair, like just physical, right? Ooh, yeah, it was, that's just yeah. it's Man, that's this, I don't know, just whatever a prank or whatever the case may be. But anyway, wait, 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 wait. It was did physical. Someone, a lot of the did some little Mexican boy put gum in your hair before? Every single thing that I've explained to you has happened to me. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> I'm not laughing. It's just hard to picture someone literally. No, you are laughing, gum. and that's fine. I I find it hilarious when I think back on it. I'm like, that was pretty funny. But then there's other ways. Like I think the psychological, like you know, right now with social media, with the internet, you can have a lot more. I think it's a lot more. Um, it's a lot darker, man. It can get a lot. It can mess with people a lot more than before. Then, like you know, they'll push you. They'll do whatever. Like back then, and that's where it ended. You'll go home, and yeah, you'll be a little bit down for the day or whatever. But then that's it. When it comes to this new era of bullying, where it could be cyberbullying, it could be you know uh, different aspects or, or, or versions of it, that that stays there and that carries along, you know, carries over to it's forever there, right? So you don't know, you know, you, you can't. It's harder to escape it, and it just has a way deeper weight on you weight. rather than yeah, yeah exactly. So, so it's, it's, it's there forever. It's there forever. Like every yeah. man. No matter what it is, how small, how little, somebody bullies somebody on social media, I guarantee you, immediately there's somebody screenshotting whatever it is, and there's now forever history of it. Doesn't matter. Right. Post, it, deleted, it, stays on, it stays on people's phones. It stays on people's computers and the server or whatever, right? So it's 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 different, right? So And again, when it comes to this, there's different ways that it can happen. It's not only like, you know, insulting someone. It could be like, an intimate picture or a video that you know it's it's you know a couple breaks up and this one of them is kind of like sharing it around so that's that's, that's that such right? a fucking dick move you know can i just be honest with you though like when i hear about these things and people actually doing that how much of a child are you whether it's a male or female that you're going to show you know discreet intimate photos of your ex-significant other to other people to get a rise out of them when you break up really like, I don't understand it, but program? unfortunately, yeah, it, unfortunately, it is a reality, right? So that's what I mean. Like, it's it's it might not be physical, but I, I, again, the psychological uh, version of bullying, I think it's a lot more um, harmful than the physical one. Like, you get punched, whatever you get, you know, whatever the case, physical. Uh, you know, there's limits, of course, but uh, you know, all in all, it's it's worse in my opinion. No, 110%. Like the psychological bullying that happens these days is insane. The, for example, the, uh, what do they call the cancel culture? When they mm -hmm. decide to cancel somebody and they basically cyber bully somebody into disappearing off the face of social media. Wow. Yeah. Like, man, I remember when I was a kid and posts on Facebook were pushing people to do things to themselves because of the psychological torture. And now it's like, mm -hmm. this is like socially acceptable that people do this. It's mm -hmm. insane. I, like I can't believe it sometimes. Um, it it is a weird world we're living in right now. It is a weird world. You know what? Let's take a positive spin. You know, let's <laughs> please. Let's, go, let's, let's 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 get off the dirt road and go back on track here, sir. What does a win mean to you? And it doesn't have to be a win in the fitness world or in general. Could be a coaching one. Could be a lifestyle one. Whatever. What does it mean? You know, some, sometimes a confirmation of what you truly believe is the potential to happen is what you're going for, right? Like it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, for example, my last, my last, the last time I stepped on stage, it was the very first time that I won a pro qualifying show. Like my, not the overall, but it was my class. Very first, first place at a national slash international scale. And, uh, but I, it was, I was doing the same show and I was prepping with, uh, my wife, we were prepping for the exact same show. And our goal was for both of us to, to do well and to win. I won my class. She got second because the goal that I had, it was like almost like a couple goal, a couple's goal. I got first. She got second. I didn't, 
I didn't really care about that first place because I wanted us, both of us, to kind of get that first place. And yes, of course, I'm not going to lie. It felt good. But it didn't feel as strong or as meaningful as other wins that I've had in my life that are on paper like a lesser level, like a provincial level or like a best sponsor award or whatever the case may be, right? So I think the win, it depends, the, the value of it, it really depends on the circumstance, it really depends on the individual, what they're going through, how much they're investing in the process. And at the end of the day, it's, it's the win is subjective because let me give you, give you an example. You do a prep and along the way you burn, like kind of what we were talking about the previous episode with John, burning relationships, affecting relationships. And let's say you get first place and that was on a sense, in a sense, your goal. But then after that, you come back and you, you know, drove your spouse or your girlfriend, boyfriend away. Uh, you, you hurt a, a, a loved one. That really, I don't think, would be really a win. You got first place, but do you actually win in that situation when you're, you know, you got to keep in mind, like, what is the reason that you're doing this? And it should be to enhance your life and improve your life in all aspects. Um, and, and it is hard, you know, going really deep into the sport is going to require some sacrifices, but you have to establish almost like a hierarchy of, of everything you have and what's most important to you. Um, you know, some people may have absolutely no one and that's in a sense allows them to go a little bit more all in, all out in the process. So the win is everything to them, but for some other people, they might be very passionate about the sport, but you have to be a little bit uh, smarter when it comes to your decision-making in prep, you know, how much are you sacrificing quality time or the relationships that you have in your life, right? Um, again, the win is subjective. And I think whatever it is, is really about what you get after, what level of satisfaction, what level of, 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 of what confirmation about what you believe it could be the potential and what that means to you. Um, I don't think it's just about that place because you could technically look worse and the competition was worse than last year, the year before, and it was after, or no one showed up, and you get first place. Is that a win? On paper, you may even say that it's a win, but if you really know what the real scenario is, you will know deep down that it's really it kind of isn't a win. My first win, my first first place in bodybuilding was my sixth show. There was only two of us. Yeah, I won, haha, provincial champion. I, I'm like, whatever, man. Like that's, there was only two of us. The, the other guy didn't really look that good. So I don't, I didn't really feel like, oh my God, this means so much to me. It's, it's almost like again, a shallow victory almost. Yeah. And, and again, in the same, in, in the same circumstance to someone that might mean something because of all the obstacles that they, uh, you know, surpass, right? So they, they may even, they may be the only ones in the class that still got first, first place. But what, because of what happened, the growth along the process, that may mean something to them a lot more than just the placing, right? So it's just, it depends really, but I think it's it's the combination of the confirmation and, and what you what you take from it afterwards, what really is true meaning. And and you know what, that's, that's bang on. I was actually going to give an example and say like, it's funny that you mentioned that because when you say it was you and one other person, it made me think right away of like as 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 low much lower of quality as this is, like even like I was telling you the true novice, right? The true novice is me and two other people. Do you really think it meant that much to me to win that? And, then he, and, he, like, and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be rude. No, no, you should be honest. Like, no, like it, uh, to give respect where it's due to the other two, like you know they work really hard, right? But it didn't mean anything because it was me and two other people. <laughs> If it was like me and five or six other guys, like, yeah, absolutely, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic. But it was it's three people. Yeah, and, and that's why. Guys. Yeah, it's and, and again, that's why it's important to remember that there is value in just focusing on how much you can improve yourself because you can look better than the year before and place worse because the competition was that that much stronger, right? There's so many factors that you have to take into consideration. So if you just place all of your feelings and emotions and focus and vision on that first place, you're setting yourself for potential disappointment, right? It, it should be more than just that. Yes, we all want to win. It's, it feels really fucking good. But at the same time, it's, it's not everything. No, not at all. I find the growth along the way is the biggest thing, right? Finding the new levels should be the real win. But that's just, again, 
bodybuilding is subjective. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I thought of something. We're talking, you're, you're saying how, was it really worth it if you destroyed some relationships along the way? And I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and it was a very eye-opening conversation. Humberto, do you believe, let's say, for example, two people meet during prep, or you're on prep and you start dating somebody new, or they're on prep and you're not, and you start dating them. Let me ask you something. Are you actually meeting the real version of them while they're dieted down or roided out, for example, or are they meeting the real version of you if you're using pads and you're dieted down and you're moody and all over the place? Is that really you? Not really, right? I feel like some people hide behind that though. Like they'll be like, oh, I'm prepping, I'm prepping. I can be rude or I can be irritable or whatever. Yes. You know, the irritability and, and potential brutal honesty or rudeness can be a factor. Is it the 100%? It depends too, because are they a consistent competitor? At what, at what point do you become your your real version because for example if it's someone that is doing a show every show every single year they're prepping for like six months out of a year um you're meeting 10 to 50 percent of that personality and that version right so in and in the off season yeah they're going to change they're going to be able to eat they'll, they'll, they'll be they will be less restricted so it's kind of hard to to tell right and again actually let me make a a, a small comment regarding the building, uh, sorry, uh, burning their relationships while in prep and whatnot, because you have to, t- to be able to tell the difference between which people are the right people to be around as well. Because if the relationship ended, whether it's friendship, whether it's um, whatever the case may be, a significant other, or even a family member, if it ended because they're just not supportive of you doing something for you, then that's different. And potentially that relationship was going to run its course eventually. Now, if it's someone that has had you back, you know, from day one, and they're really someone, someone that cares about you in a great deal, and you are the one, the, 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 the element really because of how you are, how, how you react, that is harming that relationship, that's completely different than the previous scenario, right? So it's important to make that distinction because in some cases, the relationship whether, that, whether it's fr- friendship or significant other, sometimes it ends because it was just not what was in the person's best interest. So important to note, I think, because the, there's the two sides of that coin. That's a, yeah, no, hundred percent. The only reason why I bring that up is because I've, I've found from my own experience that dating somebody while you're on prep, it can be the best thing in the world if they are or understanding or it could be the worst thing in the world for you and your prep and for that person if they do not agree with the lifestyle choices that you are making. So I bring it up because when we're going through prep, our bodies are changing. And from an aesthetic point of view, people are obviously everyone, if we're being shallow, do become a bit more attractive. You're looking more muscular if you're a man. You know, from a female, the shape is changing frequently. So you're looking more tone, dial in, the curves are there, whatever. And you might get a bit more attention from the opposite gender or whatever you're into, right? So I bring that up because often one of the ways that people horribly mess up their prep towards the end is because they now become too focused on the relationship that they might have formed during the prep with somebody new. And then next thing you know, it blows up in their face. Yeah, I feel like it's very important to note that you also have to realize why it is that you're even going on dates because there is a certain type of personality that is scared to be alone. So if you're in prep, okay, let's just be completely honest. If you're a male and you're in a cycle, your, your sex drive is very high. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, so you want to that is, everything. you know, pains, yes. Yeah. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Um, everything becomes more appealing, your sexual appetite increases. So that is a factor, of course, that is going to drive someone up until a certain point, because when you're very, very depleted, very low calories, very in a deficit, no matter how much you're in, you're going to lose that drive. But while that still remains, you know, as whether, you know, it's a male or a female, you look better, you have that high sex drive. So obviously it's going to be very tempting to start to go on dates and, you know, start to potentially start relationships. But you have to, I think the best approach is to be completely honest with that one person. Um, 
whether you're you're prepping or not, like of what you, really your intentions are, but especially if you're prepping because if they are expecting to start to really get to know you right from the beginning, it, it, it's it's fair to give them a warning as to that they may not be exposed to the full, transparent, one hundred percent true you, right? So if they're understanding with that, you know, once you provide them with that information, then they have the decision of whether they want to see what that is like or the, whether they want to wait or whether they're just not interested at all. But I think it's when, especially for someone that is not experienced in the world of bodybuilding, it's, it just comes as something just odd. Like, why are you, why are you acting like this? Why are you so, you can't eat anything. You can't drink alcohol. You can't do this. You can't do that. So it's, it's, it's especially hard when you, start to get into this, you know, whether it's casual relationship or, or, or more than that, when you're getting into this, it's especially challenging for the other person to understand if they have nothing to really compare it against. Now, if you start to see someone go, go on dates with someone that has this experience, then it's a lot easier to, um, you know, for them to understand, okay, this is why this person is feeling like this. This is why, this person is canceling the plans. They, they're probably just super tired. They just don't want to do anything. They're not in the mood. You know, it's it's a lot more likely that you, you'll find that understanding. So there's going to be different scenarios, right? And you have to basically uh, be clear with what is where you're coming from, especially if the other person is not, uh, it doesn't have anything, any experience in the field of, in, uh, in the industry uh, of bodybuilding and fitness. More so than just that, but you got to be, almost like firm with yourself and, and almost give yourself a talk. Like, do I really need this? Do I really need this right now? Or should I just be, you know, patient, put those things to the side, realize that what I need to focus on is the task at hand and those wants, not needs, the wants, it can wait. It's, it's, that's what I would say. That would be my, but I think it's a combination of this, the increased sex drive and just feelings of loneliness, because also when you are prepping for a show, you're so deprived, you're so at a deficit that the mood starts, your mood starts to be affected as well. So people get these temporary feelings of depression as well, if they're really digging deep. So that and feeling lonely and having that in combination with everything else is not going to help the uh, the cause and the case and the task at hand, right? So um, it's just important to be honest with yourself. It's is this what I what it's because if you start to see someone and then that doesn't work out and then because of that or even just the process, your focus starts to deviate. If it's very important to you to do well or on this prep, if if it's affecting your focus, if things don't work out and and it stresses you mentally and and you start to feel a little sad about it or whatever, it's just not a good scenario it's not, it's not a good fit it's not gonna not gonna help let me let me ask you exactly. one thing okay so since we're on the topic of this and cycle use sex drive etc don't ask me why this ties into the next one but why do you or what do you consider baiting somebody on instagram <laughs> whether it's an insta story and it's almost like you know the person is baiting for responses or yeah, you know you know what that's so funny because from a just from an observer's perspective, just and I'm in a male at that. Um, there, there's there's so many posts that I'm like, I can't help but think, what made you post that? Is it just uh, you're trying? I don't want to want to offend anyone particularly, but I, I feel like I have to provide an example. Like the one that, in my opinion, I might be completely wrong, but this is just what I think from seeing. If you post you in a tub taking a bath, that is. Probably one of the most successful baits that I can see out there. Like, guys are dumb. Guys, <laughs> sometimes they're not, they don't think. And it's a combination of things because also 100%, you might just want to show what you're doing at that specific point in time. It, it's really hard to know, right? Is, is, is it likely? I, I don't know. Um, I, I personally kind of don't think so, but I could be completely wrong. You post that you're in the tub. You have to understand that that is a picture that is implying that you're naked. You're not showing anything, but you are naked. So when you post something like this and then you get certain responses and you get, you almost act like, oh my goodness, why is this happening? Oh, why are they so aggressive? Okay. Why are they messaging me for this particular picture? It's just, is it, it, okay, it, is it, it's is almost it like contradicting. Is it scandalous? I don't think it's scandalous. I just think it's, 
if you are of the thought that you post something like this and you get an influx of male or even perhaps even female responses yeah, whatever, yeah. and you almost like get surprised or offended or whatever there's a huge contradiction right there in your in your train of thought and your line of thinking right now if you expect it or perhaps that's even the reason why you did it you're feeling a little little lonely a little little down you need a little bit of a confidence boost and you get it if that was the the goal fuck all the power all the power to you You got what you expected right but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of these type of behavior that I find that is contradicting. And I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to post whatever you want, but you should understand that the way society and, and the male psyche is, you know, in today's age, ha- having an expectation of not getting these types of responses is a, a bit unrealistic. It, it, it's not, is it fair? No, I don't, I don't think so, especially if you're not looking for it, but you have to understand that actions have consequences. So it's unfortunately the way the world is right now. Um, I think, and I feel I feel for the for the girls that they genuinely just want to, you know, pose their bodies as, as as something, you know, uh, as liberation and, and freedom to express themselves and portray themselves however they want. But there are limits, you know. There are some guys that are just straight, just inappropriate and rude, and just their comments are just out of line, right? But you have to understand what when you you make these types of posts is going to spark a specific side of the male psyche. And, 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 and there's going to be a sexual side of it that is very hard to prevent from happening. Now, you know, are these, are some of these offensive and, 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 and rude and inappropriate comments warranted? Absolutely not. As long as you're prepared for these, when you make something like this until the, the, the style of thinking changes then if you prepare for it, then that's fine. But it's when you almost demand that that, that doesn't happen. You're in your right, but it, I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. You can't have- At least not yet. Other. You can't have one without the other. If you post something like that, and then you get offended that grown men are saying this and that to you, you now, rude comments aren't warranted. They're not warranted. But you can't be surprised when you get certain individuals who react to your stories like that or try and talk to you because a lot of- men have the mentality of a young teenager and they think it's an invitation to speak right yeah and that's and there's also the situation in which we as men also have to be very careful as to how we interact on social media because sometimes just simply responding to a story or commenting on on a post could be seen as something more than it actually is you know, I may simple response as haha, that's funny, or a smiling emoji, or a laughing emoji, whatever. I mean, it was it necess- is it necessary for me to respond to these stories? Absolutely not. But some people do, and in, in, in along the way, girls, because of how males are in this day and, and age, they have to be very defensive and they they it's completely understandable, right? But because of that too, sometimes they misunderstand some of these responses or or, or, or the approach that someone might, someone, someone might just have a, a straight up normal conversation, you know, like back, back in the day, you would be able to have a perfect conversation with a stranger. And that would be, that would be fine. That would be seen as yeah. normal. Now you break the ice with someone and that very more often than not is going to be seen as creepy or what does this guy want? Why? Because of the, of how the world it is uh, now. Well, man, it's crazy. It's just, it, it this is all, and it, it changes so frequently. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm rambling now at this point, but it feels like it changes so frequently about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. I just constantly find certain things like that, for example, they come up frequently, a post, like it's almost like inviting. Is it considered like an invitation to speak or is it not? Is it bait because the person wants a confidence booster or is it just simply someone who's had a very long day? Like you mentioned with your example, somebody in the tub and they're posting it like, Oh, finally, relaxing, you know, something like that. <laughs> it can be debated so many different ways, right? You know, and the comment on the photo thing, fuck, you will never even see me comment, comment on someone's photo unless it's a bro because people take that shit so far the wrong way. You could literally, man, you could literally comment and be polite and give someone a compliment like, hey, you know what? Great job. Nice transformation. Whatever. And all of a sudden you got like three, four, five different people that are like, did you see that? Did you see that? He's interested now because he commented. That's all fucking yeah. Yeah, so, you know what? And, and, okay, and I have a question um, for the women listening. <laughs> Is the fire emoji inappropriate? 
I, this is Fuck a 100%. Yeah, appropriate. You can't put the fire emoji. <laughs> a lot of people think that it's not. It, it depends on the situation, right? The situation. Situation. It depends <laughs> on... No, 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 no. Not like that. It depends on, I guess, at least I thought so. Uh, and then I'm, I'm learning that. I'm, no, that's not that I use it very often, but it's just something that I'm like... I can see how in certain situations it could be seen as inappropriate, but in others it's like, I'm going to give you an example. I will give you an example, not to cut you off. All right, go ahead. A girl. Okay. I'm not going to say any, <laughs> anyone's names, but let's say a photographer, an Instagram account, like red lion, you know, or one of these other photographers that mm -hmm. they take professional gotcha. great photos. Right? I know where you're going. Yeah. Okay. And now you put a fire emoji on any one of those photos of the female model who posts it, sir, that is inappropriate. I guarantee you 10, 15 to 30 different women have put the fire emoji and they're like, yes, slay girl, slay, whatever the fuck the comments are. But as soon as one guy does it, one, if it's not very apparent that the people are just friends, it is inappropriate. Now, I'll give you an example of when it is appropriate. Let's say somebody makes a major transformation, a major one, right? Physically. And you put up like a fire emoji when the transformation post is up and you put like a comment after it. It can't just be the fire emoji, but you put a comment after it. Then that's probably <clears throat> acceptable because you're saying it's almost like a way of saying, hey, great job. Like that's a fire it, transformation. You're almost like providing the, the context of the fire yes. emoji. Yes. You know I, what? And the, I think the reason, I, I don't know, maybe it's just like the reason I don't think so is because I've gotten fire emojis from, from females and I'm like, it just means that you're killing it. That's what that's, that's how I see it, but that's not how some people see it. That's how I've always taken it. By the way, apparently females who respond to my Insta stories think you have juicy glutes. <laughs> who? Remember? Didn't you see the the, the story? It's like um, I was on the stairmaster, and someone was like, "When you get distracted oh. by your coach's, by your coach's juicy peach," and I was like, <laughs> "What the?" Fuck? See, I thought that was funny, but it's different because it it's from weird. a female to a guy. If it was the other way around, it could potentially be seen as, as weird. And um, Bro, you wait until I actually focus on training my glutes. Then that's when you're going to really see a change. You keep that shit hidden. You keep it hidden until it's show day anyway. As far as I'm concerned, you, even if you were super fluffy in the offseason, no one could tell because you wear double XL shirts and probably triple XL sweats. That's how I roll, man. That's, you know, I... And that is, to me, a perfect example of why, of my why. I'm doing it for myself. I'm not really doing it to impress anyone other than myself. No one really gets to see it because in a way I see it as, you know, when you are working on a painting or on a sculpture or whatever, which bodybuilding is sculpting in a way, you don't show a halfway project. You only show the finished product. And that's how I like to think about it sometimes. Yes, it's very hard. Sometimes I fall in the situation in which oh, I got to post because I want to get that positive feedback, right? That is going to help me for that point in time to continue pushing hard. Sometimes it's nice to kind of see the comments and the words of encouragement or whatever. But the more I do this, the more I'm able to, to not do that and just keep focused. There are some people who just post a little bit too much, I think, um, more than they actually should when it starts to get to a point in which, okay, clearly you're doing it for something other than your own best version, right? So... Hey, what's your sorry really quick before we switch gears here what is your opinion when it's like eight weeks out and a, like certain people or just anyone in general is like posting on their insta story every day after the workout like to give an update do you think it's too much like i didn't ask for this update but okay thank you I don't know. <laughs> it's it, they're doing it for themselves and you know what it's if that is what's helping them get get through the the prep and whatnot sure you know as long as it serves a purpose but just beware that you might potentially be starting to do it for the wrong reasons if you do it too much. All right. I have one statement to make, and then I have one last topic that we can discuss, and then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, for those people who are very nervous of the shows, like a Toronto Pro Qualifier, for example, potentially not happening, I'd like to reassure you and tell you that 
it's I'm pretty damn sure it's going to happen. But if for some reason you're, you're nervous, if you can compete at the NPC North Americans in Pittsburgh, all you need is an official letter of approval from the CPA Canadian Physique Alliance in order to compete in it. And you'd have to contact Ron Hash for it on the CPA website, send them an email. It's all you need if you are nationally qualified and you're nervous about Toronto Pro. Uh, yeah, so that, that's another option. So, you know, for people that are contemplating their options and they're nervous about this show, whether it's going to happen or not, in my opinion, it's very likely that it will happen. But if you are still looking at other options, that is definitely one. It is a very big show, very a lot of participants every single year. And it will be a good experience. It's the North Americans are uh, a show that takes place with competitors between Canada, the USA, and Mexico. And I believe that's, uh, is it two pro cards per class to think about? Or yeah. They- uh, traditionally, what they do is top two. It's such a big show, the top two. Uh, of each each class gets a pro card. I think they give a total of, I think it's 120 or 130 pro cards every year. So The thing to remember, guys, is those classes are so huge that regardless whether, you know, it's Toronto Pro or North Americans, you got to make sure you're bringing your best because either way, the big classes, just North Americans is going to be that much bigger. So don't think it's an easy card by any means. You still have to work your ass off. Uh, last thing. The topic of feeling obligated to the coach who helps you find success or turns you pro, for example, out of fear of confrontation. So like feeling obligated, you're nervous to walk away from them because you don't know how they're going to react to you. If they're going to blow up on you or Hmm. talk trash about you. What's your, what's your take on this? What is your opinion? Like, should somebody feel worried to walk away from somebody if they help them find success? You know, I used to, I used to feel almost like, upset when a client especially if they were a high level client would you know move move along like hire another coach or 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 leave me as a coach or however you want to put it but every single time down the road like once my feelings are stabilized i end up understanding i mean they're doing everything they do you have to understand they are hiring you you are getting paid they are the ones that at the end of the day are going to make the decisions um your role is to guide them through the process. If they are new to it, to teach them as much as possible and every single time uh, make them better. Um, you know, whether they are seasoned, whether they are newbies, you, you're trying to make them better as much as possible in every single aspect, right? But again, it's important to understand that whether it's you or you're a coach and you have athletes, there's constant competition. There's a lot of options out there, you know, and, and the client has access to these to the work of other other coaches to information from other coaches all you can do is your job which is to provide them as good of a service as you can if you are if you do that and you're perfectly comfortable and satisfied with your we're doing your part if they leave i don't think you're going to feel as upset it's when you know i think you didn't really service them as well and they leave when you, uh, you, 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 there's some mixed feelings in the process that make you a little bit upset because do you know you could potentially have given more to that client and, and you kind of deep down know what is the reason that they left, right? And this is, it's very common these days as well. Uh, it is also common that some people, um, you know, whether they've been working with the, uh, with the coach for a period of time, whether the coach made them pro, whether they've established this relationship, but at one point they realize that they almost hit a point in which they're just not improving. They're just not moving forward from that point. Uh, that point is likely to happen, at, you know, eventually. But I feel like a lot of people may justify the decision of staying or convince themselves that they shouldn't leave. When in reality, they know deep down that they probably should try a different approach. And the reason they don't do it is either for fear of confrontation, because they feel that it would be disrespectful. Like, for example, let's say you start with a coach and then the the coach turns you pro and then you almost feel like you owe them. And then you should be doing every single show after that, or at least for a while uh, under their guidance, even though the placing and the actual results are not backing that that decision up. Uh, so it's, it's, it's important to realize that your bodybuilding career is on, it's only going to run so long. You're going, you have a, a, a specific amount of time in which you can make the progress. You're going to hit an age in which things are not going to respond to, uh, too well. 
and things are going to start just not happening and you're going to be knocking to you know to the end of your of your journey so you have to make a decision whatever it is that is in your best interest and would allow you to continue to grow no matter what um, so yeah, it is unfortunate, but it's something that de- definitely happens. You know, they, they might be thinking about it. They might be considering, contemplating, even doing their research, even contacting other coaches. But then again, only if it's warranted, only if you have a true reason to switch, because if you're just switching be- for the wrong reasons, like for example, you know, the coach's approach is in your opinion too strict or too hard or too, if, if that alone is the decision you're trying to go for an approach that is a little bit easier, um, even though the results with the current coach are happening and you keep improving, you keep progressing, that might not be the best decision. There may be other factors. There's a, there's a very large number of reasons for which you might be considering another approach, but just make sure that the reason or reasons are, are good reasons. And, and it's not taking the easy way out, or it's not uh, that you're having a moment that you're taking something potentially too personal or you're just a little bit too irritable and you're starting to just you're trying to create scenarios in your head that are really not uh, a reality. So just be careful with that uh, train of thought. Okay, fair enough. Well, that was actually uh, very insightful. And I know, I know I've seen a lot of people over the years who get nervous to leave a coach and they don't want any type of ill will or negativity so just remember guys at the end of the day it is your choice you pay for your coach whoever you may be whether it's lifestyle you know you're competing whatever it might be it's your hard-earned money and if it's not for you don't feel don't feel bad about leaving if you're not happy but perhaps a discussion first is always appropriate and there is a respectful way to go about it so that there are no harsh feelings between the two right because it is a business but at the end of the day a little courtesy goes a long way as well as being polite about walking away, right? So I uh, just thought I'd share that two cents. Uh, 100% agree. Yeah. Now, with that being said, guys, we're going to bring this episode to a close. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you had some laughs. Uh, before I go, please, if you like the content that we produce, like, subscribe, share. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. And we soon will be finalizing designs for our Overcome Become little clothing drop that we got going on so uh very excited about that humberto anything you want to say before uh we close it out here no don't cheat on your diet that's it don't cheat on your fucking diet because <laughs> you're cheating yourself yeah and your coach is gonna fucking kill you when they find out oh and they'll know you know you, they're being they might be they might be polite about it but trust me they know when you see those calories decrease and that cardio goes up just understand why <laughs> <laughs> That was a new All right, guys. Have a, have a great Monday, guys. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye.